But I think the main things is at the end of the day, volleyball is volleyball. It's in the same nine by nine court, and the rules are the same. So we. Uh, <laughs> is that on the back of your shirt? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's on the back of your shirt. <laughs> you did, you did. A little free shout out for you. Um, and it doesn't matter who's on the other side of the net. You need to still execute to the best of your ability if you want a chance to win. That's right, Brett Walsh. Welcome back, boys and girls, to the 9 by 9 This is episode 43. It is Tuesday, November 15th, 2022, and you are tuned into the 80 square, 81 square meters of the best volleyball coverage on the internet. My name is Rob St. Clair, live from Chicago. That is Everett DeLorme, live from Toronto, north of the border. Everett, it was a big week, as always. Uh, there's no such thing as a quiet week in the world of volleyball uh, but nope. I think we should. I think we should jump right into it with some very big news. Very big news. The uh, volleyball world has come out with already the schedule and the host sites for the 2023 Volleyball Nations League. And ever let's it feels, go. It, it feels like we were just at Volleyball Nations League. It feels like I you mean, and I we... were literally just there in Ottawa, and already we're looking forward to it again. I mean, it does feel like it was yesterday, but it was what now? Four or five? Maybe no, not to six months, but like. It's, it's, it's been a little bit. It's been like four or five months. So uh, that, yeah, that uh, that was a while ago. Um, it feels like it was yesterday. But uh, I have mixed feelings about the announcement as always. Uh, I think we can get into that a little bit first. But let's let's check out these these pools here and, the, and these weeks because there's a lot that we saw last year uh, and some brand new stuff here we see on Women's and Rob. You have to be happy, uh, but a little bit sad at the same time. You're going to be happy because uh, the place that shall not be named, SBC, <laughs> uh, is not there. It is omitted from the schedule. However, we're going to see that there's no date in the USA. There's no date in Canada. There's not even a date uh, in North America uh, for for these uh, this women's schedule heavy heavy asia schedule here for for the women's nations league yeah so let's run this down especially for people listening on audio format uh, the women's volleyball nations league will start on may 30th 2023 and the schedule for the kind of the flow of the tournament is exactly the same as it was last year uh, there's three weeks of competition on each side each week has two sites and each site has eight teams at it and they'll play four matches from the tuesday of that week to the sunday of that week so six days per site uh four matches per team eight teams per site like you can do the math go to the vnl website if you want more detail on the format but the format is identical to last year what's important and what was just announced is the sites and the teams going to which site so uh starting off week one of women's vnl may 30th through june 4th we've got ankara in turkey and nagoya japan so i mean turkey at this point is a no-brainer i think it's crazy for any major international women's volleyball event not to be in Turkey in some fashion. So I think this is a hit. I'm very curious to see how uh, the Japanese fans respond to women's volleyball. It's kind of seems, well, we talked about their women's I think, team. I think they love, they love, they love women's volleyball just as much in, in Japan. I think, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess we'll see. I mean, you're right about starting things off in Turkey. They, they did the same thing last year and it was bananas. It was really great, really great. Not so great compared to SBC, but with Japan and Tur- <laughs> Turkey in Week One uh, on the women's side, I, I think that's going to be uh, that's going to be strong. And Rob, both your your uh, USA team and my Canada team in the same pool here uh, to start things off uh, in in Week One. So that should uh, that should be a good one. 
I think that should be a good one as well. Uh, and you mentioned the Asian domination of the women's VNL host sites. Moving on to week two, June 13th through 18th, 2023, uh, the women will be in Hong Kong. I think that's the, as far as I know, that's the first uh, international yeah. volleyball event to be hosted in Hong Kong. And I, I thought it was interesting that it's being labeled as Hong Kong, China, which it is not. Hong Kong is independent. So we'll see how, how that impacts things. And then Brasilia in Brazil. I think that's a no brainer as well. Uh, and then last but not least, week three, June 27th through July 2nd, uh, Suwon in Korea and Bangkok, Thailand. Uh, the, as far as I know, the first the first times uh, volleyball world has gone to those two countries, especially Suwon in Korea, a city I'm not familiar with, but um, the, the Thai, Thai, the Thai women's team might be the, the most popular single team on the planet. And that event is going to be enormous in Bangkok. Yeah. The, the, Bangkok, Thailand makes uh, no, like it's a no brainer whatsoever. Suwon, Korea. How, 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 how are we rewarding Korea for one of the most embarrassing performances, not only at the VNL, but also at world at the world championships? How are we rewarding them whatsoever with all of the bad news and, and then the bad press that has been coming out of that, that, that team and that program? How are we rewarding them with a VNL weekend, right? We should, if, if you want to stay, if you want to stay in Asia, go back to the Philippines, right? Go back to the Philippines. That was, that was the bomb last year. That, that was awesome such garbage that we're out here we're out here um, rewarding korea for not even like mediocrity but they're just terrible. bad they're, they're, terrible. they're just they're, they're just straight up bad like th this is this is ugh, frustrating it's frustrating yeah the, this is the single most frustrating part of of any of the things r related to the vnl announcements for me is exactly this why are you giving korea a host weekend when they are by far by far the worst team in the field and we, and we, on the women's side. And we've talked about this many times throughout this year. They went 0-12. I think they won three sets the entire tournament. It was absolutely embarrassing, and they didn't get relegated, and Belgium did. Incredibly unfair. And at the World Championship, Korea was similarly bad. Why on earth are we giving them a host spot? I don't care how much they pay you. Why are we giving them a host spot? It just completely doesn't make sense. No, not at all. Well, once again, you know what I'm going to say. Three boomers in a trench coat. It's just bumbling around blindly just looking for dollars with no long-term vision for the sport um yeah that that's just bad all right let's 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 jump over to the men's side because uh the, the this woman's one is is depressing me a little bit actually one one thing i have to note the travel inequity inequities for in this this tournament is terrible if you look at uh some teams that have to go from asia to brazil back to asia other teams have to go from Europe to, to Brazil back to Asia. Other teams just get to stay in Asia. It's going to be – it's tough. It's tough to, uh, to, uh, to justify when uh, some teams are going to be traveling so much and other teams are going to be traveling very little. Yeah, so that, that, that third week, as you can see, both sites are in East Asia, uh, but Korea and Thailand are not close to one another, but both of them relatively are both very close to Hong Kong, which is a, a host site in week two, and Japan, which is a host site in week one. Like, I'm, I'm just off the top of my head. I haven't put every team scheduled together, but it looks like the Dominican Republic, for example, they stay yeah. in Asia the entire time. They go from Japan to China to Korea. Like, that's as easy of a travel schedule as you could ask for. Now they're going to be away from home for five or six full weeks, but at least they're not flying ac across the world three different times. Uh, meanwhile, the United States has, I think by far the worst 
travel schedule of any team going from Turkey to Brazil to Korea. Like that's, that's horrible. And they are never, they're almost definitely not going to get to come back to the States in the meantime. Like but, I mean, maybe, I think, maybe they can come back before, before I don't Brazil. Think any of the teams will, right. Even like, even Canada, like we, we start in Turkey and then we go to uh, Hong Kong and, and, and in Thailand, like, you know, you're going to, you're probably yeah, not going to go, you know, uh, absolutely. Like it's, it's, it's going to be a trip the, the entire time for any of these teams, but uh, yeah, uh, going to be interesting to see how that folds out throughout, throughout the entirety of the tournament. But Hey, we've got some VNL. And like the other, the other side of it is that like I also love VNL. Like, yeah, I love VNL awesome, too. Especially like with this format, with all of the games, and the the games start on like Tuesday. There's only like one day a week, if that, where there's no games. Like, it's yeah, kind of, every it's kind every of awesome. Monday, we only get every Monday to catch our breath because it go you get a week of women's VNL Tuesday to Sunday, and then immediately a week of men's VNL Tuesday to Sunday, and that that goes on for six straight weeks, and then you have the finals pretty quickly after that. It's it's fun. It's really fun. It's really fast paced, and uh, it is a bummer that we don't get to uh, we don't get to anywhere in North America. No Calgary like last year. No uh, the place that shall not be named in the United States like last year for the women. But um, but Rob, but Rob, but but <laughs> but but oh my God, am I excited about let's go men's VNL? First of all, we're coming back to Ottawa, which I'm so stoked about. Week one in Ottawa, once again, June 6th through 11th. It's basically the same week as it was last year. You I mean, already know. Like and you all, and you this, time, know. this time, the United States will be in Ottawa, oh, which was the, old, the only go. thing I was missing mm. about Ottawa last year being there. I cannot wait to be there again, and I cannot wait but to like, have my team there. This, this lineup for Ottawa in general is awesome. First of Fire. all, Canada, USA, Cuba, Ronnie, if your ass isn't in Ottawa in June, <laughs> you're kicked out of the discord. Like you are banned for life from the discord. You're, you're coming to, uh, to Ottawa uh, at least, at least for a little bit. You don't have to come for the full week. I know that's tough for, with work, but at least, at least a little bit, you know, I, when we want an interview with, with Simone and, and the boys are going to be our translator. Um, Germany, Netherlands, great teams. We get to see Namir in action. That's Can't awesome. Wait to see um, Italy, fantastic. Argentina, always a good time. And Brazil, like great lineup, fantastic lineup. Um, nothing against teams like Bulgaria, but they just don't really move the meter. I guess Germany doesn't really either, but they're they're, they're pretty solid. Um, you know, like we don't have to have like like China or or one of these like bad teams. Like this is going to be a solid week of volleyball. That's a with, really with... solid week. The only thing I think we're missing is France. I'm, I'm kind of surprised that France isn't coming back because Gatineau and Quebec and like all of French speaking people are right across the border. So we're not going to get that. But otherwise, especially three Norseka teams all in one spot in Ottawa is sweet. Uh, yeah. Elsewhere in week one, uh, Nagoya, Japan. And so they've got uh, two weeks in a row. They've got a week of women's in Nagoya immediately followed by a week of men's. And I think that's a good idea. I totally, totally support them doing that. Uh, week two, we're going to Europe for both of them. Uh, June 20th through the 25th, we're going to Rotterdam in the Netherlands, which just got done uh, hosting the Women's World Championship. But this time they're going to be hosting the men. Uh, my United States will be there. And also uh, Orleans in France. Uh, I don't know very much about the city of Orleans, uh, but France will be there. Orléans. Orléans. That that was actually pretty good, yeah. Getting there. My my French is so bad. That language is stupid. It makes no sense. Uh, But Canada will be there. Um, It's going to be cool to send some teams to France a year before the Olympics will be there. Uh, And it's also good to give hosting sites to Europe. They obviously deserve it. But then week three, Everett, this is the big news. For one, (laughs) we're going back to the Philippines, which is great. I completely, completely support 
the uh, volleyball world going back to the Philippines. Obviously, they're going to send Japan there. Japan, China, Poland, Italy, Slovenia, Netherlands, Brazil, and Canada gets to go over there. Uh, from my perception, Japan and Slovenia had the two biggest fan bases in in the Philippines at last year's VNL for one reason or another. So uh, I, I am obviously we know about Filipino fans. We've got a couple in the chat that they're, they're asking me what we think of the Philippines hosting again. I love it. I absolutely oh, love it. Absolutely. They, 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 they go nuts for volleyball the way I wish everyone in the world did. So that's dope. What's really 100%. cool, though, is finally, Everett, I don't have to be embarrassed of my national governing body. USA Volleyball somehow has brought Men's Volleyball Nations League to Southern California, to Anaheim, uh, like in suburban L.A. near Orange County. Of all places, I am so thrilled that the number one pocket of men's volleyball in the United States is getting to host Volleyball Nations League on the men's side for the first time really ever, as far as I know, even going back to the World League days. Every time USA hosted, it was usually in Chicago or there was one year. Long when Beach. Was, when it was Long in Beach Dallas. Too. The Did Long Beach too. have it once? Long Beach had had, had some matches as as, as well. Um, that, this that, is, that this is so times. awesome. This is so awesome. I, I, I don't know how, where, like, why USA V why USAV changed their heart on this after going from truly embarrassing Shreveport, Bossier City, Louisiana to a proper place like Anaheim. What I think is that they got better attendance and better feedback than expected from when the women's team hosted Turkey in kind of three scrimmages. They played mm. twice at the Long Beach Pyramid and then once in San Diego uh, in like August in between VNL and World Championships. And they, they got awesome crowds, awesome turnout, and they didn't even have to do very much marketing because we know they're bad at that. I think what I think, and I was looking earlier, I couldn't find any attendance numbers on those games. But I but think they were they were packed. They were they, they, they were, were they were, were totally full, packed. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I think that they had great response from those games in Southern California. Are like, well, wait a minute, maybe we actually can do this and and not have to work that hard in marketing and not take a bath on money. And sure enough, they're bringing men's VNL to Southern California, and I am so so excited. So uh, excited. I mean, since I know a little bit about the back end, like I, I know that you have to be looking at vnl more than a year out right if right. you want to bring vnl to a site like you, you need to be looking at it more more, more than a, a year out. but i do think that that def- definitely gives them some you know confidence that they can do it um obviously i think it's obvious it's an obvious choice since since anaheim is in the heart of southern california it's also the home of the men's national team it's where they they live and train right. uh when they get ready for for events so that's basically home base for them i'm interested to see what the venue is going to be in anaheim like are going to be used are they going to be going to the ducks arena like what other venues are going to be there that are going to be good size for volleyball um, i'm not entirely sure so that is, is something that I'm, I'm going to be interested to see but also, I think that USA in general, in terms of hosting, has has some making up to do. Like, if you look at how SBC did, and then if you look at that embarrassing Chicago uh, VNL finals, uh, w- what year was it? Like 2019? I think. Yeah, before, before the pandemic. Like, that's two really poorly attended events. And that's two really, like, you know, really just bad, bad showings for USAV. So they really need, they're going to really need to bring it here in Anaheim and prove that they're going to be hosting, especially since like Ottawa's back again on the, uh, the roster. There hasn't been a year there where Ottawa wasn't supposed, hasn't, hasn't hosted. They've done a great job there. Um, big shout out to uh, uh, the team from the uh, OSEG. That, that runs everything with refer to the Ottawa VNL because they love bringing they love bringing in volleyball so it's love to see them uh, 
um, rewarded with that. But on the other hand, like USAV needs to step up and, and, and throw down a good event that's well attended. And that's the one big thing. And I do remember like back in the day when the net live used to be on with, with Kevin Barnett and, and DJ Roche, um, that Kevin Barnett was always so critical of Southern California fans because they just didn't go out to see the national team sometimes. And the, 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 so many events were poorly attended. So right now, if you live in that area, like we will be talking about tickets, buy tickets, attend that event, you go to the event, to be there. You make have sure, to be there. make sure, because here's like, I'm already seeing in, in the, uh, I'm already seeing right now in the chat, uh, I can see USA versus Iran match in Anaheim, large Iranian American population yes, in California. That's what every time we see USA versus Iran in California, it looks like a home game for iran is the same thing whenever you see poland versus poland versus usa in chicago it looks like a home game for poland we need to stop this where these opposing teams come into our buildings and out fan us right this isn't qatar we don't need to we don't need to hire fans for the world cup we need to have our own fans there so if you're in ottawa if you're in anaheim get your damn tickets now okay maybe we need to look at some sort of you know discord reunion or something at least at the very least for ottawa because ron ron ronnie you're coming yeah, hundred percent. This it's it's very important, especially because we know we're going to tell you right now that both Volleyball Canada and USA Volleyball will fail to market those events properly. Absolutely, so, hundred. So if there's you, one thing that we know for guaranteed, sure, guaranteed, <laughs> guaranteed, guaranteed, you will have to go out of your way to find information about this. But we are going to continue to bother you when when tickets come out for both of those sites. If you live anywhere, really anywhere in North America at all. Get yourself to one of those two sites. It's very important that we put North American butts in seats for those games uh, so that events continue to come back uh, to the North American continent because it is not guaranteed, as we've seen. I mean, women's VNL has four out of the six spots in Eastern Asia. So we got to be very careful. If you, if you want the national teams to keep coming home, you need to go to those games. It's very important. So uh, I'm, I'm very excited. I'm, I'm almost in disbelief that USAV is going to pull off VNL, men's VNL in Anaheim, and we'll see how the attendance is and see how the event is run. But it's going to be cool because that's week three. You, like m- Another one of my very, very few critiques of Ottawa last year is it was week one and the A teams were not there. This will mm-hmm. be week three. The A teams will be there. They absolutely yeah. will. Yeah. Well, well, I guess we'll see with, with that. Like I, I know Brazil like rocked their A team from from the beginning so we'll see what the rest of one one thing that we're, i'm seeing in the chat right now uh and then uh, real quick cuba going to be playing in usa is yep. that allowed <laughs> is, is that uh, legally allowed <laughs> good question i mean it's we we hear stories all the time about their baseball players the cuban baseball players having to flee on crappy yeah. little rowboats out of the country to get to the states and play baseball we'll, we'll see how the geopolitics go but now that a, a certain fidel castro isn't alive anymore i think things have opened up a little bit yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that goes. All right. Well, guys, maybe, last maybe... question. Do we know where the finals will be? No, not yet. Nah. Uh, that, that'll, that'll take a few more months, and that's totally fine. Uh, we'll, we'll figure that out. It, it, was, it took several months last year to announce uh, Turkey and Italy as the two hosts for the VNL finals, but uh, you, you can expect that. You can expect us to cover it on this show. Before we move, up, move on, Everett, I want to talk about you alluded to the travel schedule. And uh, one of our more vocal players in volleyball has come out, and that would be none other than Irvin Ingepet himself, the reigning Olympic Most Valuable Player. Uh, he thinks the VNL schedule is, quote, absurd. Now, his exact yeah. quote, and I'll read it out, he doesn't get into that many details. He says, quote, once more, we've seen these groups. I honestly don't know what to do or say. 
it seems that the only thing to do is to not play this VNL because it becomes absurd. Now the heads up is to the club championships, but surely soon we'll have our meetings between players and captains. It's time to make an important decision because this is absurd. Now we've said many times in the show before, we stand with the players always in matters like this, where they claim that they play too much volleyball because they absolutely do. They need an off season. However, the schedule for 2023 is, for the national team, I don't think it's that bad. First of all, for, from Ingepet's perspective, uh, he's French. They get to host a week. So that's huge. They get at least half a week before and after that week that they get to stay at home. So not very many teams get that. They get to go from Japan to France to the United States. That's, that's tough travel. But again, they get that buffer where they get to stay in France the whole time in the middle. Plus, then the second half of the summer, you got to think about the whole summer calendar here. This, this year in 2022, we had the World Championship almost immediately, like three weeks after VNL was over. Next year, that's not the case. We have these Olympic qualifying tournaments that are much faster and give you much more time between VNL and those. And France doesn't even have to play in those. They're already qualified for the Olympics because they're hosting. So as soon as VNL is over in mid-July, they're done until club season. So the, the complaining time for the schedule was this year, 2022. That schedule was crazy. Looking at next year, the 2023 VNL, I honestly don't think it's that bad. I've seen a lot worse. Volleyball World has done a lot worse with events and scheduling than this. I think next year you're going to get national team players. They're going to have a little bit of a break in there. I think I don't you, think it's as bad as most times. You are forgetting the European Championships there next summer, next fall though. Ooh, that's true. What month is right? like, what month like is that's Euros? that's a, that's in September. That, so that's like that's end of August, September. Like the women's women's Euros starts August fifteenth. So once again, that's that's that that's, quick turnaround. That's a, that's a month after VNL though. Like that, that's that, that's a lot of time, and that that that's, travel for Euros isn't nearly as ridiculous as Nations League. That's not that's not a month because you're gonna have a, a week off. Like, like this is the like what's what's the last week of the women's pool? Then you're gonna have a it, week off. Then you're, it ends you're gonna July second. I, I would guess like July okay. maybe fifteenth. But 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 still though, like that's still no off season, right? That maybe it may be a week at most. I guess right? if, if that's, you that's, have that's, to that's be... club that's club season to national team. Maybe <laughs> if you don't go to week one, you get you get a little bit of time off. Then maybe you get a little bit of time off if you, you don't go to the finals at the end, which France probably will. You you have to go play the Europe, European Championships, and then you have to jump right back into the club season. That's still like to me. That's still not a. That's still not an off season. Well, then you have to try to qualify for the Olympics. And, like, and you still and. And you still have to qualify for the Olympics, right? Like, and you know, I, I know Engapeth is probably going to look at this and be like, "Hey, it's not just for for me, but it's for all players, right?" Like, this is like, as as yeah, we don't have to play the Olympic qualifying tournament, but that's going to be three major tournaments for every other team, right? Like, that's 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 tough. That's that's a that's another tough summer for for, for these athletes. I would say it's only the European teams really have that problem. Uh, the, the other continental championships are nowhere near as significant, and everybody knows that. But uh, I, I I guess that explains the break in the calendar. Uh, but I mean, again, I, I don't think it's as bad as some years that we've seen. I think this summer, this VNL the World Championship combination was much worse on the players and. Unfortunately, we saw that result in a couple of huge, like very notable injuries. Maybe I think on the men's side, the world championship was really short, right? It was like, short, but it was it was so much sooner after VNL. Like the women had a, a month and a half off, the men had like a week and a half off. 
And, and, then, and then they had to jump back into club season where the women's club season started almost a month later. So the men had a tough summer. And, uh, but I understand Ingepet's complaints. I, I wish he would have gotten into more specifics about exactly what it is about this that he doesn't like. Uh, but I agree. Whatever, whenever a, a star player like that can voice their opinions and maybe, maybe even uh, get the ears of the FIVB, if they can hear through that trench coat that wraps them up like that, uh, if they can hear through that and hear one of their star players complain, maybe they might make some changes. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's uh, move on from international news uh, into what are we doing first? You want to do Champions League first, or do you want to do? Uh, let's go to Italy. Let's go to Italy first, and then we'll run into Champions League because uh, champion. I mean, nothing ever slows down. There's still a lot of volleyball to get to. Uh, only a couple matches in Italy, both men's and women's, this week that I really want to focus on. Let's start with the men. Um, we had what, what on paper would have been a really good match coming into this year, which was Perugia versus Piacenza. We've been wondering even, how Piacenza was going to fare. Even without Leon, really good. Even, even without Leon, Perugia still still dominated. Right, yeah. like it. I know Piacenza is still getting things going, but man, Perugia is good. They're so is, they're is, so good. Is is, is, so re- good. is is really good. Um, and yeah, Piacenza just can't really get them things going yet. They, they just don't. Uh, they, they just don't look cohesive. No, not really. I mean, it's weird. Robert Landy Simone goes four for eleven. Uh, Yuri Romano goes fifteen for twenty nine with six errors. I mean, just like the, 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 the pieces that Piacenza put together in that huge offseason that they had aren't coming together the way they're supposed to it's not, i mean you you said it last week they're the rosovia of italy or rosovia is the piacenza of poland it's the it's kind of the same thing they spend a lot of money in the offseason bring in a team that ends up being less than the sum of its parts and i, I guess i mean g- good for them they beat a bad czech team to advance mm. in the cev cup earlier today great job piacenza but uh you can't swing with the big they dogs lost a set like they did. They lost, set, <laughs> they, they lost a set to Prague today. So yeah, yeah Piacenza is just one of these teams that I just I don't. I do think that they're going to be able to bring it together. Like right now, I just don't know if Quizach is is connecting with his hitters uh, as as well as he could be. I mean, they did hit a fifty three percent in this one, um, which is you know better than than uh, Perugia's forty eight, but still, like they're just they're not getting it done, especially in serve receive. Like a, look at those serve receive numbers for, for Piacenza in this 18% one. 18% perfect. Perfect. Yeah. And only 25% positive. Like okay. that means like positive to me is a two pass. Yeah. So you're only passing a two, like a, a two pass 25, uh, uh, 25% of the time you're averaging under like under a two pass. Like you're, you're, you're passing in like a, the one point something uh, area right there. So um, Piacenza just got to figure out their, their, their serve receive game, um, which to be to be fair is kind of to be said for uh another like the other team in my opinion that's that's kind of struggling right now let's move on to that because there really isn't that much to talk about i mean perugia is amazing they don't have the best player in the world or they don't need the best player in the world and they can still win no problem this i assume is the match that you're alluding to everett she's sterna three dongs lube chiva nova huh well okay first of all Chisterna, you go three and zero to start the season then you go oh and three next three and including a, a loss to siena and then you turn around in three dong lube who are you yeah like, what's what's going on <laughs> and on the other happening? side of the table you've got a lube team that looked like they were getting things together like they pushed um pushed 
Perugia to a great five setter uh, in the Supercopa and get, looking like they're getting everything together. Then they they almost got three donged by Benfica last week in the the Champions that, League, we'll and then that. That and then turn ridiculous. and then turn around and get three donged by Cisterna. Like I, I don't really know what to think about this. There's one thing I do know. I think that we need to start taking paying way more attention to Peter Durlich. I think that he's kind of bullying his way into being like hey guys look at me because i matter out here um i mean he wasn't he was a wasn't he a late uh pickup by by vivo last year um, he was late pickup by chisterno last year they had a lot of weird oh, okay. guests going on with their opposite position he came in a couple months into the year locked it down and got them to the playoffs along with your boy steven marr i mean petar zirlich 17 for 31 with one error that's like 52% efficiency plus two blocks and an ace against the reigning champions of the league. Like that is a monster, monster stat line. And, and just nobody yeah. is really talking about Chisterna because they're so confusing. Yeah, they're, they're, they're really confusing. And I mean, F.A. Byron was was pretty decent in this one too. He was eight eight for 23, but he passed lights out 60% positive, 30% uh, uh, perfect. I mean, Sedlicek is also passing super well. They just pass really 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 well and i mean like that's that's really what what happens but then also you got like michael baranovic r- running the offense like it just it doesn't make sense in, in a yeah, lot of ways but but something but something is working right now in Cisterna. sometimes and sometimes it doesn't i don't know they're these two teams i just don't know what to say about either of them on, well, right the, we got to talk about Lube Chivinovo as well because you're right. We we thought that they had righted, righted the ship. We thought they were playing a lot better. Now, in this one, Gabby Garcia Fernandez, not good at all. Three for 14 no. with four errors. He was subbed out. But I, this is one of one of the issues that I have with Lube coming into the season. And it reared its ugly head here. They have a big problem with the foreigner limit. They need, need Mattia Botolo to start and be good. And he didn't even start this match. And when he came in, he wasn't very good. He hit negative efficiency. That puts huge strain on their Italian quota because you all, you're always going to have Belasso. You're, you're always going to have one Italian middle, uh, probably Anzani. And then your third Italian needs to either be Botolo or Ivan Zaitsev. And it seems like their optimal lineup right now is to start Gabby Garcia and then Nikolov and Yant on the left side. And what happens then is you have to bench Bartolomeu Chinese. That is not good. You do not you do not want that to be the case. You need to have Mattia Botolo in the starting lineup at all times, and then either Yant or Nikolov next to him. They they totally got killed by that in this one. Couldn't even start Chinese until the third set when Zaitsev came in on the right side. That I think is part of Lube's problem right now. But man, look at Chinese's numbers coming in in with like what a set and a little bit of work nine, nine for, for thir- 13. thirteen. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like un- absolutely unreal. And I mean Zaitsev wasn't all all that bad either. I mean, okay, maybe. He was seven for twenty-three. He only and he only got blocked twice with, with no errors. But uh, yeah, that's this just not good numbers. And you you really, it's it's sad to see Zaitsev like this right now. Like he's just yeah. not, you know. It and it sad. looked like it it looked like maybe at times because he had that injury and he came back to look like times that like maybe he was going to be that guy. But he just hasn't found a way to be that guy yet. And he hasn't found a way to really be in that guy like coming off the bench. The problem is with the Zaitsev right now is that he still needs a lot of volume. He still right. needs a vol- lot of volume to work through it. Otherwise he gets cold and he's just not good enough to get a, a lot of volume right now. And uh, yeah, like some things really need to be figured out by, by, by Lube because they're so good sometimes and just uh, uh, other times they just can't keep it together. 
Yeah, and it is disappointing to see Ivan Zaitsev like this because you and I grew up watching him when he was just absolutely lighting the world on fire, and now he's really kind of in no man's land in his career. Uh, we'll we'll talk more about Lube later as we get into their Champions League match last week. Which yeah, you but can we to. talk about Yanton in this one though for a little bit because yeah, he was rough. He was rough. Five for twenty three, like like maybe like a 5% efficiency. He hit 22% in this one. Yeah, like that's, 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 that's really bad. Ronnie, what's your boy doing right now? Yeah. Get um, in there, Ronnie. Another thing I wanted to bring up since she's staring his credit, three aces to only six serving errors, mm-hmm. only six serving they, errors they in a st- modern match is really, really good. That's an outstanding ratio. They, they play, they serve really, really well. They serve really tough. It's just a weird group of dudes who serve tough and, and work together. It's a bunch of like, if if like if this was hockey, I'd call them just a team of like third and fourth line grinders, like guys who have always been like decent guys on their team or like they're they're guys in like lesser leagues, but they just come together and make a little magic. I love you love to see it. Yeah, I, I like it. I like you staring. I just wish that they would show a little bit of consistency so we can really figure out who they are and what they're about. But I also enjoy the chaos, so uh, I'm I'm kind of asking for everything here. Uh, fun match this one. Uh, another. Uh, there are two other matches I, I don't want to talk about at all. Trentina 3-0 Taranto. No surprise there. Not going to talk no. about it. Modena beat Siena 3-1. Not going to talk about that one. I do want to talk no. about this one. And uh, Everett, I, I think we, we need to go in on Volleyball World just a little bit for the marketing of this match. I mean, guys, come on. Come on. Is this, the, is this really all you're going to do? Is this all you're going to do to get people to tune into your platform is say Ren Takahashi versus Yuki Ishikawa? Is this really all you're going to do? Come but on. But it makes, it makes sense because it's clear right now that Volleyball World's marketing plan is we're looking at Asia and nowhere else, right? We're running with the manga um, hype, hype from Haiku, which makes sense. And we're just doing Asia and nothing else matters. It's a very one-dimensional um, it's a very one-dimensional uh, marketing platform that I could have come up with when I was 18 years old. Um, and, and I did for Volleyball Canada back then, uh, and they still didn't listen to it. So this is just, once again, a perpetual story of three boomers in a bench trench coat just not knowing what to do in a modern world. Um, so you know what? Like, I don't necessarily hate on it. Like, the, the, the reality is, is that the, I'm sure that if you go into the back end, the Asian numbers are keeping Volleyball World afloat because North America doesn't give a shit about volleyball. Right. True. Europe, Europe probably isn't isn't spending money on, on volleyball on, on volleyball world or right? like, they or they already have it being broadcast in their countries because they do care 100%. about volleyball. Yeah, Ab- absolutely. Right. So you realistically like Asia and North America like are, are your two big uh, areas. And they said, fuck North America. Let's go to Asia and m- m- make sense. So I like, mean, I, have, I, I don't they hate on Japanese. This. They have Japanese commentary on volleyball exactly. TV for every pot of a. Uh, and Milano game this year because of these two players alone. If that doesn't tell you, so that the, that tells me it's worth it. Yeah, right? I agree. That that that, that tells me it, it's worth it. So like, absolutely. Like let's let's, let's run with it. Still now, makes still makes me cringe. Absolutely, the, still makes me cringe. Let's build layers on that. Let's yeah. let's build layers on that. Uh, so, do you want to talk about Monza versus Verona? No, at all? I want to talk about the actual match that happened between oh. those two guys because uh, Milano did beat Padova three to one. Uh, there wasn't really anything that notable. I mean, Padova stole the first. Milano came back and was the better team thereafter. I mean, we remember that hot start that Padova had to start the year, and since they've looked like a little bit like the relegation candidate, we kind of thought they were going to be eight percent perfect passing. 
Sorry, 11% as a team. Uh, Asparuhov at 8%, which uh, certainly makes sense. 11% perfect passing as a team. Just not going to uh, do it. Padova's, Padova's not good. I mean, no. like, you could tell that they were they were kind of, um, uh, you know, they were kind of pretenders, right? This is why, like, I thought Tristerna was a pretender, too. And they turn, here they turn around in three-dong blue bay. So nothing makes sense with, with sense with either of those teams right now. But Padova is, is, is never a team... Um, that looked at you know being a guy because like once again like whose stat line is this 14 kills on 43 attempts five errors got blocked five times that's that sounds like a dushan petkovic (laughs) that sounds like a dushan petkovic stat line because it is right exactly it's 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 what we're gonna see and on the outside like ryan is pretty good i mean 11 for 31 in this one not fantastic up block seven times like uh, I don't know. I, 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 to be perfectly honest, I would much rather talk about Verona versus Monza because I thought that was going to be a game. Verona went like cleanly with it. Uh, Monza Dude, Verona's just good. Verona's Verona, good. Verona isn't is really really good. Um, I was really hoping that Monza was going to be able to put some pressure on, uh, on um, what's his face, Namuri Keita, uh, and Corp, but never did. Grosjean was just kind of average in this one and, and they didn't really have their, their same magic they brought in uh um, they brought in arthur schwartz but man verona when they're running like they're 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 really really good like th- this is a team that 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 can chug and kata 12 for 20 12 for 20 with with a block and an eight two blocks and an ace remember he's playing out of position He's not well, even guess, an outside hitter. Well, I guess he I is uh, now. But I mean, he 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 hasn't really even played outside hitter very much in his career. He was an opposite last year in Korea. He was brought in this year to play opposite until uh, they they stumbled upon a seven foot four gigantic Russian guy and put him on the right side. And Keita is passing well enough, uh, being targeted more than anyone. Thirty one percent positive is okay. And I mean, Rok Mozic passing a casual clean 78% positive uh, forces you to serve away from him. And then Keita goes 12 for 20 with one error attacking. I mean, Verona's nasty. I mean, we talked about Monza last week being a really gritty team. Verona is Verona's just a young, explosive team. They will overpower you. They're extremely confident. They're high flyers. They're really fun to watch. And they, they just kind of... They, they don't they don't care what you're doing against them they're they're a team that doesn't really look across the net all that much they just bomb they just bomb balls inside out and force you to really take them out of system and if you can't do that you're just gonna lose it's kind of fun what's, to watch what's crazy in this one is Saposhkov was terrible four for yeah, 14. Not good at all four, four for 14 but then as we said Kata was unreal 12 for 20 Mozic was lights out 10 for 15 right yeah, both of your left grade, sides yeah. both both of your left sides are swinging over 20 percent and their efficiency is sky high like two errors combined between the two of them like that's that's ridiculous like that's one thing when you look at these numbers from this rona team that's that's all they had was two errors one unforced error and one block that's Amazing. It. that's it 56 percent hitting uh in this one and and they, they tapped on eight blocks and this rona team they're so good but i want to see them pressure a good team Right, that's that's that, that's that's what that's what we haven't seen, and I mean Monza not so great on the other side, twelve errors blocked eight times, that's that's the story to me right there. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so that, that's about it for men's Italy coming up this weekend. We got Monza versus Cisterna, the Stephen Marr revenge game. We've got Modena versus Taranto. We've got a huge one 
Perugia versus Trentino. Very, very excited for that. Will we see Wilfredo Leon back? Uh, we probably won't see him tomorrow, Perugia's Champions League game, but uh, we, we might see him back this weekend against Trentino. Uh, Lube versus Siena. Milano versus Piacenza is kind of a good game. Verona versus Padova should be a pretty good win for Verona. So uh, my eyes are on Perugia versus Trentino for sure. Those teams exactly. provided some just classics, classics last year. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to the uh, women's side because Legovobili femininely has been ridiculous. This weekend alone was redonkulous. You see two teams at the top there. Canigliano, of course, they're going to continue to dominate, uh, have yet to lose a step, and also very volley. Monza, Milano, we're still not entirely sure what to call them. Um, not only are they winning, but they just had a massive addition uh, as as well to, to their roster, uh, adding Jordan Larson. But we, we want to start with this one uh let's start i mean let's let's start there let's 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 start with the governor let's start with the governor coming back so sure enough jordan larson is back in monza uh she if you recall uh, she played about the second half of the season in monza last year i think she joined in about january of last season and uh helped them to second place in the playoffs they lost to canaliano in the finals I'm a little bit confused, though, Everett, about what Jordan Larson is really doing with her career. If her plan was to play with Monza, why didn't she like why is she only coming in after six games? I'm I'm confused by the calendar. I'm confused by the timeline. And what is she doing in the meantime as she like takes these coaching positions and then leaves them to go continue playing and then does the exact same thing this offseason? I'm a little bit confused as to what her career path is at this point because i thought that after she won olympic mvp and then won at the first season of athletes unlimited i thought that her playing career was that like that was the way she was going to wind down her playing career but it seems like even she can't really make up her mind on what she wants to do so i am excited to see her play again because she's one of my favorite players of all time on the women's side but i'm just a little confused as to where her career direction is right now and if it might maybe impact a little bit of her legacy here at the end of her career just uh, the confusion factor alone it also to me just adds to almost an embarrassment of riches for this monza slash milano team right you're just adding a lot more confusion now on the left side with miriam silla and hanny davskiva like those those are your two those are your two stalwarts there sure you have no Andy well that's that's that's, that's what, the thing whatever is because but, this year it hasn't it's been magdalena stisiak but, she's but, been but, but on the left but that's exactly it. So you're having you already have that issue of having basically two right sides with Jordan Thompson and Magdalena Stesiak because you have to play Stesiak on the left, and you've got Daviskiba uh, and Sila, and now you're going to bring Jordan Thompson in as well. It just doesn't really make sense. Like, wow, how are you going to get by in the form of the, the the foreigner limit? Yeah, because that, that was at a that question point that I had. So the, at the, that the point, Italians are going to be a setter, uh, Alessio Oro, uh, yeah. a libero, and then they're going to have to make a, either an Italian middle or Miriam. So Silla. It has yeah, to, it so has probably fully. And then you have Stevanovic. So you're sitting Dana Redke at that point, or you put Stisiak on the right and Larson and Sila on the left or Thompson on the right, Larson Stisiak on the left and Foley in the middle. It's a weird combination. It, it, 
it, it, it just seems to me like this is another team that doesn't have a really big, like the, a, a definitive purpose trying to take down a team in Canigliano that has a definitive purpose, right? It, like it, to me, it looks like Canigliano and went and they're like, we're losing the best player in the world. How do we bolster our roster? And they have de- clear defined roles. Whereas it's just kind of like, like teams like Monza are, are just kind of picking up stray cats as, as they come. And now all these stray cats are beautiful and they're great. And they're, you know, s- some of the best around, but at a certain point, like how many do you need? You can only have six players on the court. Like it, it, it just, it doesn't seem like there's much, there's much direction with how they're building this roster. I, I think that's exactly the point They're They're kind of taking the Piacenza approach and just go out and grab takes what's out there, go grab and go get it for the sake of getting it. And, they don't exactly know what they're going to do with it, but uh, let's 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 look elsewhere around the league because we we do have uh, those two undefeated teams at the top. I mean, Imoco and Novara have played that one more match to get it out of the way before either Super Cup or Champions League or whatever. But I mean, just like most years, Everett, the 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 cream already is rising to the top of the league of Oli Femminile with the usual suspects: Corneliano, Monza, Scandici, and Novara. But whoa, yeah, look who else is up there. No, but there's a, there's a big butt there with Navarro because Navarro yes. just had a terrible week. For, sure enough, we got three down by uh, Canigliano on Thursday. As that that's a make for for another match, and we thought, you know, on last week's show we talked about it. Hey, that's a show to, that's going to be a match to to watch. Didn't really turn out to be to be all that interesting. Navarro turns around and gets three down by Kieri. Uh, the 76 ers by the way, Kieri. <laughs> they use the exact, pretty much the exact same like like knockoff logo as the the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, so I I thought that was awesome. Um, but Kieri just out there without Olivia Rosansky, she came off the bench once. Uh, like the, the the big Polish outside, uh, and just getting the job done. So like, what is going on in Ovara? They had seven errors, got blocked. 13 times, well, I mean, 13 blocks for Kiri. I, I, can answer for, I can answer it for you right there. Abrar Karakert, negative efficiency. That's it. If, if, if we're top five opposite in the world, hits negative efficiency, you're going to lose. I mean, that's just the way it is. I mean, it, it obviously hasn't come together quite yet for Novara. They have a million moving pieces this offseason. Uh, they lose Haley Washington. They lose Micah Hancock. They bring in Jordan Poulter, who's basically should, a brand new team. It's, it's, it's pretty much a brand new team. They lose, uh, man, who else did they lose? Oh, man, Washington was a big one. They lose Nika Dalderop. They lose Britt Herbots. They, they lost a lot of people. It's pretty much a brand new team. But at the end of the day, if Karakert plays that badly, you're just going to lose. And on the Kiri side, I thought they honestly played great. Uh, very clean volleyball, uh, good in the middle, um, passed the ball really well, and had five aces to only eight service errors. Winning recipe. I mean, they're not a star-studded team, but right now they're more than the sum of their parts, and Novara is not. No, Novara does not look good, and you're right. All on the shortage of Ebra Karakrit right now. Um, she's struggling a little bit. She's, she's, struggling, she's struggling for sure. Um, and I know she's still young, but how is she? How is she going to get past this? Yeah, she's she's taken a lot of swings this year. To be fair, <laughs> she's had she had a very long year, as we've talked about. Yeah, well, they just don't. They, yeah, and but also too, Navarro just doesn't have the quality on the outside everywhere else. You know, like Bosetti is all right, and they had uh, who was Kenya Kenya Carsase. So I don't know who that is even. Uh, I mean, they have American Mackenzie Adams, who I kind of expected to start more throughout this season and that hasn't really happened yet i mean and you're never gonna get that much offense out of bosetti i mean nine for 24 six errors is not that far out of the ordinary no, she, for her she's out she's out there to pass for sure yeah exactly 
So they, they've, they've got some issues. Navarro's got some issues. They'll work them out. I'll, I'll look at who they're playing this weekend in a minute. Uh, elsewhere around the sixth match day of the Women's League in Italy, nothing else really pops off the page. I mean, yeah, no, uh, finally got points. Good for them, I guess. No, there's one, there's one other Bergamo taking down Busto Arcesio. Yeah, that, that was a good. 3-1. One. That, that was an, uh, another one. I mean, Ar- Bergamo's good. Bergamo's good. Uh, Mac May, Khalil Lanier, a couple Americans. Berg- Bergamo's good. I like him, and Busto yeah, continues Mac- to struggle. Yeah, Khalil Lanier uh, with with 15 points in this one. <laughs> Khalil Lanier, you French that- boy. Do you know who Bob Lanier is? No. He's an, an all-time NBA legend. That's his daughter. Oh, uh, oh it's, okay, it's sweet. Lanier, it's very American. <laughs> but it's, uh, okay. Uh, Lorena marries De Silva. 29 points uh, yeah she's for, this for brazilian lefty i didn't know anything about her but I, I, I saw her play this weekend uh she's she's she can hammer the ball it's pretty she's pretty fun to watch and uh what, what were her numbers you got them up how'd she yeah play? yeah so she had 29 points 24 kills three uh blocks two aces uh and six errors i don't have the fancy um the fancy women's stat sheet that you sent me here you're gonna have to show me where to get those i have the terror mm-hmm. ones from the website just that show the uh the end but uh yeah pretty big numbers there 29 points uh in in four sets here for de silva oh yeah not bad yeah 24 48 five errors three blocks two aces yeah very nice okay good stuff uh busto who does busto have this weekend because they really are struggling one in five right now in the standings is uh bordering on relegation position uh that's not good at all Okay, what matches this weekend are good? We've got Novara versus Castle Maggiore. Novara needs that win. Castle Maggiore is not bad. Um, no, see. absolutely not. Scandici um, versus Monza versus Mo- is a big one. And Busto versus Chieri. Busto versus yeah. Chieri doesn't get any easier for them. And those no. matches, by the way, are tomorrow. So uh, all these matches are going down tomorrow, uh, Wednesday. Tomorrow is a heavy volleyball day. Tomorrow is a crazy day. And then there's also matches on Sunday. Because I was about to say, I'm commentating one on Sunday. I've got... I've got Busto versus Pinarolo on Sunday. I was like, that match isn't happening. Oh, wait, there's matches tomorrow, too. So a uh, huge, like, full slate of Italian women's tomorrow and then another full slate this weekend, plus Men's Champions League, which we'll talk about in just a minute. Tomorrow is a packed day for sure. Packed day. All right. I think uh, that's probably good. Yeah, I agree. Uh, before we talk about Champions League, uh, ever are, are we still running the promo on that volleyball store? Should we talk about we it? We absolutely are. Let's oh. let's let's jump into there. Um, it is our anniversary sale. That's also a Black Friday sale, and just a thank you in general sale. So uh, if you want to use it. Um, head over to that volleyball.store to pick up uh, all your favorite merch from Spicy Volleyball by Nat. Uh, we got some new stuff uh, over there that if you know, uh, you know, line that's getting pretty popular uh, over there. Um, if you use the code year one, all one word, capital letters, year one, uh, you're going to get 25% off your entire order. Uh, so a bunch of you have already taken uh, advantage of that. Thank you. Um, the way the way it work works, Rob, is because it's all like drop shipping, right? So yeah. it like pays me out in a little bit. So it actually made me broke this weekend uh, <laughs> because I basically have to pay for all of the like all of the ship everything up front, not not the shipping, but all of the uh, consignment up front from the uh, the drop shipping company, and then Shopify pays me back at like a biweekly rate. So yeah, uh, you guys maybe made me broke this weekend but uh appreciate that appreciate you guys uh using that so make sure you guys head over to that volleyball that store uh use the code year one one word all caps to get 25 percent off your entire order do it 
uh, grab some merch and uh, help support the show. All right, should we talk about Champions League? Yeah, let's absolutely talk about Champions League because uh, it popped off for a pretty, pretty good week, week one. Um, nothing massive, uh, some close to upsets. We talked about this earlier. Going down 0-2 to Benfica uh, was Lubain. They clawed back, barely winning it, uh, as you see there. 25-22 in the fourth, 15-13 in the fifth. Imagine, could you imagine? I was so hoping. I was, I wasn't at home. Uh, I was out, but I was like watching the results on my phone, and I was so hoping because it would, it would have been so good to have a Benfica like three zero upset uh, against Lube in, in the opener like that. Dude, Benfica des- deserves a lot of credit. They played great. They played really, really well. We had people in the Discord who know a lot more about them than I do, as the by far the best team in the Portuguese league uh, that they're, oh, yeah. they're like on the level of a, a decent to good French team or a decent to good German team. Like the people in the discord really had some high praise for this Benfica team from Lisbon and they showed it. I, I thought they looked awesome. Lube somehow barely, barely was able to figure it out. And uh, really the only thing they changed was putting Enrico Diamantini in for Chinese in the third and then they switched up some rotations just a little bit. Uh, but Mattia Botolo, once again, wasn't good. One for five attacking with two errors. It's negative efficiency again. And even though there's no foreigner limits in Champions League, so that wasn't a problem, they still need consistency at the outside hitter position. And uh, Nikolov was okay, 15 for 36. Uh, Yant was okay, 13 for 29, three errors. Uh, but the consistency is just not quite there yet. But somehow Luciano DiCecco and company were able to drag it over the finish line. Man, this Lube team is just so young on the outside. And especially when you add in Garcia, like Gabby Garcia on the right side as well, too. They've just got some youngins out there, and it shows. It, it, it's really showing. And, I mean, Botolo is the guy who's been in the league like a little bit longer compared to Yant and, and compared to Nikolov, and I'd expect him to kind of step up, but he hasn't really done that. He's, he's been streaky, especially especially of late. So, yeah, this Lube team is, is definitely one to watch, not because they're necessarily spectacular, but more so you never know exa- exactly what they're getting. You know, I, this is this isn't this isn't this is pretty much part of the course what you're going to get from a team from Benfica. Uh, I know them well. This is exactly like they they would be a very good team in France and a very good team uh, in uh, in Germany as well. Um, it's cool because like it's it's run out of the exact same like soccer programming facility as like the legendary Benfica Benfica club. So yeah, I think they're going to be an interesting, interesting team to, to watch, especially, especially in that pool. I, their game is one of my, one of my matches to watch this weekend. Yeah. There's, there's tomorrow, a half, half decent chance. They make it out of pools. They, they, uh, they play uh knack Rusolari tomorrow and they should yeah. destroy them. No problem. Uh, Ooh, so, I don't know. Uh, I don't, I don't know if about destroy them. Rusolari is be... terrible. Rusolari is terrible. Tours beat him three zero, like effortlessly earlier in the, like last week. And that it wasn't really even competitive. I, I think, I test Benfica was the better team for sure. Yeah, but Montpellier also went f- to five with Friedrichshafen, and Montpellier has been brutal in the VNL this year. So yes, it's it's it, it it's it's all over the place right now. Um, uh, all right, speaking well, of Montpellier and Friedrichshafen, let's talk about that one a little bit. Uh, fun match. Uh, both of these teams are 
mediocre, like certainly not going to contend for Champions League at any point, but both I think are kind of contending to make it out of this pool. And unfortunately, uh, neither of them did themselves any favors by only getting two points, uh, at least in Friedrichshafen's case. 15-11 in the fifth, they win it. Uh, Mikhail Superlak is kind of their go-to guy. Uh, he played for Warszawa last year. Uh, he's a Polish guy that came over to Germany playing for Mark Lebedew and the boys. Uh, Blair Ban is dressing but isn't playing yet. That's at least a good sign. I think I have seen him play a little bit in the Bundesliga. Mm-hmm. And I also want to give Andre Brown a shout-out. Another Canadian guy playing for Friedrichshafen, uh, who I met. I, I met Andre earlier this summer in Chicago because his girlfriend lives here. Oh, okay. And I was going to say. Andre oh, is man. a great dude. Great, can great I... dude and really good player. I'm happy for this step in his career. Can I like? Can I lay in in about Andre Brown for, totally, for real quick? Because Andre Brown's a dude who like he wasn't a club guy. Like like I, I, either he didn't play club or played very little club. But he he came out of the college system in in Canada. Came, out, came from Humber College, which is one of the best programs, especially in Ontario, if not across Canada. And I remember back in 2012, I'm sitting at, at the Rico Coliseum, and the B team is is training. And now, what do you understand about this B team? It's like the team. This is TJ Sanders. This is Nick Hogue. This is Rudy Verhoof. This is Stephen Marshall. This is the team that, like, this is Graham Vigress. This is the team that makes up the core of the Maple Volleys, what the Maple Volleys are to become. And I still remember there's one coach who was a part of this, this team, and he goes, yeah, you know, we've, we've got a great, we've got a great, you know, number of guys. You know, we've, we've really got 14 great athletes on this team. He goes, well, 13 athletes in one project. And he he points over and alluding to to Andre Brown. Now Andre Brown was a college guy, and you could definitely make the case that back then he was really on the on the team because of his potential and his size, right? Like didn't really belong physically and just skill wise. But now fast forward you know, uh, a decade later, and the career that this guy has had and where he's played. You know, a few years ago he was the the top locker in the Bundesliga. Um, playing playing for Hershing and then ha- has really moved around. He's some guy that has leveled up every stage of his career. Uh, he's someone who, who's like, I'm happy to call a friend and I, I think is a fantastic guy. And I, I love the fact, I was so happy for him when he got this 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 uh, uh, contact with Friedrich Schaff because it, it shows what you can do. Just like a guy like Mark Wilson, we talked to with the men's national team last year. Exactly. It shows what you can do yep. if you just put your head down and grind. You don't even give a shit about the national team. You don't ruin your body in the offseason, and you just go and play ball. And then the summer team, like in summertime, Dre, like big Dre, like he works out. He gets strong. He, he, he's always working with, uh, with Reed's workouts. He plays well. He, he parties. He has a great time. You know, like I love seeing Dre around and he goes off in the off season. So guys, if you're watching this, like, and you're thinking about playing pro, just do it because like, like this is a guy who's on no one's radar and now he's playing for Friedrich Joffin. Sorry for, for that, uh, that, uh, that, that uh, little one. One thing I have to say here about this match as we jump back into it. I wonder if Tofo, uh, who I'm pretty sure played for Berlin, uh, had anything to do with it. He had, he went uh, 22 for 45 in this one, uh, leading, uh, leading Montpellier in points, and he played for Berlin right uh, last year, right? Fuck. No, he he's been in the French system for a little while. Like I can't remember what team. He's kind of like the next guy up at the French opposite position, but he's been yeah. that for a couple of years now. So I, I don't really know what to make. No, of yeah, you're you're right. He's he's not okay. No, I, I'm I was I was completely wrong. But yeah, 
um, Friedrichshafen. I, I would I would have hoped that Friedrichshafen would have taken this one cleanly, especially of how Montpellier struggled this year in the the the, the LNV. I would have liked to see Friedrichshafen take this one cleanly, but they they didn't. What's, so what's Montpellier doing? What's Montpellier doing that they can't start your boy Danny Demineko? Who who's who's he not starting over? Who who's this um, Renan Mikalucci character? Some I guess Brazilian guy maybe in the middle. Come on, maybe. Give Demineko a look. Yeah, I mean Demineko. What a, what another what another beauty I can go off about him too. But uh, yeah, absolutely. I would I would love to see Demineko get there. I'm looking at the wrong stat sheet altogether. So uh, Friedrichshafen um, and Montpellier are in the same pool as Yashimsky, and they're both going to get smoked by them when they play. I actually think, I think I'm commentating uh, Friedrichshafen versus Yashimsky like way down the line later in the season. So I'm curious to see how that do goes. Do you need a color guy? I uh, hope so. I hope that hope we can make that happen. Uh, speaking of matches, Champions League matches that had commentary, uh, their super match of the week this week was this one. Uh, the defending champ Zaxa did beat Carlo Varsco from the Czech Republic. However, it was very, very close. If it wasn't close, we wouldn't be talking about it. Uh, that that fourth set, they needed a miraculous ace from Stashevsky, like a perfect rip to the corner to win the match. And this is their fourth outside hitter. Like Zaxa is that 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 loss of Camille Semenyuk man is worse than we could have ever imagined it to be it is really really decreasing their overall level also david smith didn't play that certainly hurts but the the second outside hitter position is just a revolving door for zaxa right now yeah i mean this is this, there's there's so much uncertainty on so many of the top teams right now and Zaxa's especially with them. And I mean, we knew that was going to happen. They didn't go out and get a top, a top level uh, outside to replace Semenyuk. Uh, I'm not sure why. I'm not sure how they didn't. They're the two-time defending Champions League, you know, defenders, title champions. Like, why aren't they out there getting a blue chip recruit? Why aren't they picking up an Aaron Russell? Why aren't they picking up, you know, anyone? anyone at all so um yeah it's it's kind of to be expected from the soxa team and i mean hell jw is just absolutely killing it and i think it'd be an absolute stretch it would be such a huge stretch to even consider zoxa going for the three-peat this year i agree they uh they have very good pieces they have pieces that have been there before but that that one loss, that one hole is really going to put a ceiling on the Zaxa team. Now, they did get away with this one with three points, what that was expected. Uh, if, if they didn't do that, that we would have even bigger concerns. But uh, Zaxa did get away uh, within the match of the week with three points over Carlo Varsco. That was at home. If they had dropped a point to him at home, that would be a very serious story. Uh, speaking of Champions League matches in Poland, the one that I was really most looking forward to watching last week was this. Uh, Honkbank Ankara at Varta Zavierce. This match was really good. The first two sets were awesome. Uh, both do sets. Uh, really, really good match. Namir Abdelaziz is just insane, or at least in the first two sets he was. Uh, but after, the, after yeah, that, yeah. he was much less good. I also was very impressed by Mike Ma'a. He did one of the best blocking jobs against Juros Kovacevic that I've seen in a long time. But in the end, Zabierce got it done, and they got it done for full points. A 25-15 in the fourth was not very close. Yeah, I mean, sure, you've got, you, you've got some names here on this Alpine team. Namir obviously being the big biggest one. I think matching him up with Ma'a, who my understanding and from what I know of Michael Ma'a and what I've seen him play, he might be one of the best all around volleyball players I've ever seen. Yep. Like, like his ability to play volleyball at any level in any position at any time is, is phenomenal beach grass indoor. Like 
he does it like Karch, you know, like he's, he's up in that, that level of skill. Like if this was a guy who had played at that time, like he would have been one of those guys. But when you look at the rest of this roster, it just doesn't really do it for me. Like, uh, like Mert Matic in the, in the middle. Yeah. That that's, that's all right. You got Nicholas Bruno from the Argentinian on the left side. Um, a couple of, of like, of like Turkish guys, like it's, you need a little bit more. You, like winning the Turkish league is one thing, but if you want to compete at the Champions League level, and if you want to have guys like Mike Amaa and uh, and Amir and Abdelaziz on your team, you need something else around that. Yeah, that, that's that's totally fair. I, I think that the next time these two teams play, when it's back in Turkey, it could be a little bit different of a match. Uh, I do I do think both these teams are going to make it out of this pool, but uh, Xavier too was just a little bit better. They were definitely more consistent. But what are we doing given Uros Kovacevic 53 swings? 53 swings for Kovacevic in a four-set match for a player of that play style is too many. And that might be a little bit of a red flag for Xavier Che, maybe, but they do get away with uh, three points in this one. But I mean, you have to like David Konarski wasn't wasn't in this wasn't great in this one. Eight for twenty four. Kolek was was all right. Eight for sixteen. I would give the ball like more to Kolek. Yeah, I agree. Uh, if if anything. So, yeah. very 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 uh, very very interesting. Last but not least, uh, last week was uh, I don't have a graphic for this, but the the one real perceived upset for me was uh, Power Volley's Duran beating uh, who'd they be? They beat Zirampan Casa Ankara. Uh, which was kind of an upset. Uh, Zirat Bank was the, I mean, they won the Turkish League last year. They made it out of pools in Champions League last year, like pretty good team. And Duran, who I didn't really think very much of, much of uh, beat him in four and got full points out of it. So I was pretty I impressed actually, by that. I actually watched that game and Duran was just kind of playing out of their minds. You know, like they just had one of those games where, I mean, I remember one play in the fourth set. It was like the the type of play where like, libero or someone or someone makes a crazy dig and it shoots right to the setter who all he can kind of do is just huck it straight up for the middle who turns around from the block sees the setter jumps like and puts it straight down like it was just a lot of bang like they were they're playing really really well uh don't don't get me wrong um that being said it was in in champ in the cev cup like it was the the first win so they do have to go back uh and play zero bankasi uh once again in turkey so that that might be a little bit different for them, and but hey, potential potential golden set uh, potent, potential in in that one already. Some some golden sets in the CEV Cup. Uh, that that dude, I don't know what you're talking about. That's Champions League. That's oh, Champions shit, League. You're right. No no golden sets. Uh, they are in a pool. They are playing proper Champions League. Those two. Uh, they're in the same pool as Perugia. So uh, only one of them will be likely to make it out of that pool, but. Uh, that's that's Champions League. That's the big leagues, and we were we were saying like Duran, maybe Duran doesn't belong in Champions League. What do we know? This this is exactly why I want that tiered system because I want to see Germany versus Turkey. I want to see like like I don't want to see Perugia and the best teams. Hell, you know what? Even give those teams like a buy through the first round of Champions League. And let let just these middle of the pack teams like battle it out into like other other pools because man like you don't know what's gonna happen when you have Germany and France and versus Germany and, and Brazil. Never mind, I'm I'm losing my mind right now. Sorry, <laughs> I brought Brazil mind. into that. 
Oh, man. All right. Uh, there's more Champions League this week. Uh, there's a bunch of matches tomorrow. Here they are. Uh, actually, every Champions League match this week is all it's tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. It's, it's sometimes spread out Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. No, not this week. Uh, Hawkbank Ankara versus Berlin is a pretty good one. That has to be um, that has to be the one that I'm I'm going to watch the the, yeah. the most for sure. Uh, Zirap Bancasa versus Perugia, probably Perugia's no problem. Uh, Tours versus Lube, I mean, you never know with how Lube's been recently. Uh, Zox has got a get right game versus Menen from Belgium. Uh, Montpellier versus JW shouldn't be close. Carlo Varsco versus Trentino shouldn't be close. Yeah, I think it's that first match of the day, a uh, 9:30 a.m. Eastern tomorrow, a Hawk versus Berlin. I think that's in Germany, if I'm reading this correctly. So uh, that match will be fun. Part of just a ridiculous, ridiculously packed day of volleyball tomorrow. No, that one's going to be in Ankara. Oh, it is? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Th- that one's in Ankara. So also explains why it's probably so early uh, yeah, in, the, does, in, in, the, in the morning sense. because they're they're in a slightly uh, earlier time zone. But maybe Novosad versus Friedrichshafen might be good too, just to see kind of how uh, how Novosad, how the, the Serbian team, uh, stacks up against against a team like Friedrichshafen. I mean, Friedrichshafen did go to five with Mopidi last week, so who knows what. <laughs> Meh, I, I don't know if that one will, will really draw my attention, but I am looking forward to a Hulk Bank versus Berlin. Uh, anything else about Champions League before I move on? Got a no, couple other things before we wrap up the show. Yeah. One of them is this. Uh, Vakif Bank versus Fenerbahce in the Turkish Women's League. The rematch of that Super Cup upset that we talked about a couple weeks ago where Fenerbahce swept them. Uh, sure enough, Vakif Bank responds. A three to one win. Set scores were, let's see, 25 21, 25 20, 23 25, 25 22. Uh, sure enough, Paola Egonu, 32 for 59 with only six errors. That's about 45% efficiency. Yeah, 33, 33 points, points is is absolutely ridiculous, and you knew that was going to happen. Like you knew the revenge game yeah. was 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 going to be down. But then also even better, uh, Gabi going sixteen for thirty two uh, as well. She was pretty bad uh, in in that uh, in that cup match. So good bounce back win by from Vakov Bank, as expected. If had they had yeah. they not done that, that's when like we you know, alarms bell bells would have been ringing. But they got it done, and they're still the number one team in my books. Yeah, I agree. I think that was expected. I, I'm a little surprised that uh, Fenerbahce started Ana Lazareva at opposite instead of Ana Cristina de Souza. I know Ana Cristina is young, but I kind of figured either her, him, her or Miriam Bose, one of those two. I don't really know much about this Lazareva character. She was okay, uh, 12 for 31. Mm-hmm. Uh, Federov Seva, 24 for 43, five errors, uh, three aces, though, is pretty solid. But at the end of the day, Fenerbahce doesn't have the horses to compete with the starting lineup of Egonu, Gabi, Nika Daldarop, and Zara Gunesh. Like that's that's easily one of the best club teams in the world to the surprise of absolutely nobody. So these teams are now one and one the on best. the season. The best. Yeah, very well maybe the best. So uh they're yeah. the defending champions league they're defending world club champions and champions league champions and they just picked up the best the best player in the world. How are they yeah. not the best team in the world? I, I think you might have to claim they are, but they have an obstacle. And if you're if there wasn't already enough volleyball to watch tomorrow, Everett, Vakif Bank versus Ajaja Basha, noon Eastern, tomorrow. Uh, another absolute heater of a match. So uh this we'll, is- yeah. See how that one goes. It's crazy. Vakif Bank is getting all the hard games first thing in the year. It's nuts. Yeah, it kind of does suck. I kind of wish they, they they would have they would have spaced space them out space them out a little bit. Hopefully, they are doing it like where they're just going to mirror the schedule, so that you play like 
all of the if they're going to be playing all the best teams early, they're going to play all of the best very teams end of the season. At the, Good point. That's that's point. that's that's exactly what I want. Uh, uh, what what I want from them. Yeah, that that would be pretty nice. Yeah. Uh, nothing else really to talk about in Turkey this week. I mean, there's uh, there's only so so much to go on when only three, maybe four of the teams are truly elite. Uh, anything else before we move on from that match? No, tomorrow's one of those days where I wish we had like a bar stool esque studio or like office where we could just sit on lounge chairs with a, a million, million screens TVs. and just watch all of the different games at once because it's it's going to be absolute madness tomorrow. It's going to be nuts. Uh, are, are, and, you, are you going to work? Uh, no, I'm I'm going I'm to working from here tomorrow. I'm I'm going to be doing a lot of volleyball watching. I'm looking forward okay, to it. Let's, uh, let's talk about Poland, uh, the Polish Plus Liga, uh, the latest. I mean, this league's going on all the time. We say it every week. There's still one team at the top. That is Yashemski. Uh, Rosovia in second looks pretty good. Xavier Shade now has third place alone. Only a couple matches really to talk about this week. I think there's only one thing to talk about this week. I think there's two. The first one is, is a quick one. It's Zaksa needing five sets to beat uh, Lviv, the Ukrainian team. Uh, not getting three points in that match was very surprising. Uh, but, er, er, I mean, we've talked about Zaksa. They're struggling a little bit. They're going to have down matches. At least they won. But, I mean, they're in fifth in the standings right now. And they're, this year, they're kind of just another team. But the one we really got to talk about, I assume, Everett, that you're talking about is this. Skrab Elkhatov loses their fifth in a row to Kuprum Lubin. Ouch, not a very good look for one of the best teams in Poland historically. Historically, but man, historically. like there this is like this is like the fall of Manchester United right now to me. Like a, a historic team that's just doing all of the wrong things and just really just just not getting the job done right now is is scraw because man this is a team that used to be in the contention for for champions leagues and now they're out here on a five game losing skid like that that used to be the, the losses from an entire season and now that's just that's just that's just not happening scraws is struggling right now um but surprisingly enough rob this is not what i was going to talk about yes both of these results are pretty crazy especially the scraw one um that five game losing skid is ridiculous but let's play the game whose stat line is this <laughs> let's hear it let's hear it <laughs> i have a feeling i know where you're going with this i think you, i think you do too uh 23 kills on 31 attempts uh one one error uh two blocks five aces with only four errors 32 points in in total a plus 27 uh, 74% hitting percentage, 71% hitting efficiency. Oh, that that could only be one man. That could only be Stefan Boyer. Stefan Boyer, who might right now <laughs> in this moment in time be the best opposite in the world because he is absolutely mashing at a level that I haven't seen in a long time. And I thought the days of Stefan Boyer were done. We're, you know, we're doing this. We're done. Uh, I mean, this this is this is crazy. Seventy one percent efficiency in a four set match against a pretty good Varsava team. Like it's crazy, crazy the numbers that he's putting up. And plus, and the blocking and, and five aces, like you talked about, that's the part that I really don't expect from Boy. I mean, his his contact point is is insane. It's absolutely insane. But I've never really regarded him as as all that elite of a server. And he's no, putting up five aces to only four errors. Like, what, what can't this man do right now? 
Yeah, the JW is the team for me to watch in, in Poland right now. Obviously, they're at the, the top of the standings right there, and I don't know. But even the Champions League, like this is a roster. Like this is a roster that's well put together, and this is a roster that that works together well. And this is also a roster that has a lot of depth. Like you've got guys like just wildly old veterans like Enhadrava and uh, Emiter Porti, uh, the Finnish setter on the bench. Like you've got. You've got guys. You've got the passion with guys like Yuri Glider. Like Yuri Glider didn't even play in this one. Didn't have to. I like uh, Masara. They're their third middle. I like him. Yeah, absolutely. Get get him get him some time, right? So yeah, JW is a team to watch this year without doubt. Uh, yes, they are. Uh, we also had Rosovia beating Olsten in four, the TJ DeFalco revenge game. Uh, he played great. So. Uh, American fans are, are are certainly liking that. I I'm wondering Evan, if if by this time next week Scraw has fired their coach. Uh, I could very could very Ooh. much see that happening. Okay, that's right. Uh, I think right. they, I think they have an they have an English coach if I remember correctly. I'm looking it up right now. Uh, their head coach, yeah, Joel Banks. Sure enough, uh, he, he's never heard of him. He's, he's a name that's been around Europe a bunch. Where where else is he coached? Uh, he was he's the head coach of Finland as of as of right now, I think he coached in Belgium. He coached the Belgian national team. Uh, and I think that he very well may be fired if Scrat doesn't win whoever the next match is. Well, keep an eye out there on the uh, plus Liga. Scra has Katowice on Saturday, I think. Uh, not much, not much good going on in the Plus League of these next couple of matches. Zaksa versus Suvalki is okay. Olsten versus Versava is okay. Uh, uh, not much else really uh, in Poland this week. All right. Uh, last but not least, uh, I wanted to talk about this. We haven't spotlit the Bundesliga that much this year, but this match was a banger, uh, a reverse sweep from Lundberg over Hershing. Uh, 25-21, 26-24, the first two sets. Uh, Lundberg comes back and wins 26-24, 25-20, 15 Very, very fun match uh, for a Lundberg team that's just full of Americans and Canadians. Uh, we love these guys. We had Jordan Schnitzer, Xander Kaczynski, Pierce Shashenko all get a lot of playing time. Obviously, Joe Worsley, Jordan Ewert, Gage, uh, Colton Cowell all get a lot of playing time. Uh, James Shaw for Hershing. So uh, this is uh, North American heaven, but I watched this match, really, really enjoyed it. Production obviously was great. Uh, I don't care if Berlin's the best team in the Bundesliga. These two teams might be the most fun, Lundberg in particular. 100%. Lundberg is is just... And the one of the reasons we wanted to highlight this match is because earlier in this season, it seems that all of the... The matches of just like there's a there's a very big divide in the the Bundesliga last year between the good teams and the the lesser teams let's say and it's all of the good teams have just been playing the lesser teams or they've just been playing Berlin so this is the first times that time that either of these teams had an interesting matchup with one of those teams that are fighting for it. and uh, I mean Ewart was lights out in this one with 22 points it was sent 16 16 for 32 but you're right this this, this uh, this Lindberg team is a team that I love to watch. Just it's just it's just a North American team. That's that's yeah. the way it is. And also love also run by Stefan Hubner, who, who we is love now a former who's now a former uh, assistant coach of the men's national team. I'm sure I'm sure he won't be coming back uh, next year, which is which is which is which is too bad. Yeah, that is too bad. Uh, yeah, Lindberg's fun. A uh, shout out to the boys, the assistant boys, and all all their teammates over there in Germany and the Canadian boys as well. I think that Jordan Ewert really needs more of a look at the USA national team. I really do. He's had that caliber of a career the last couple of years in germany i think he belongs in that gym uh anything else about this game i think we kind of have one more line item for the show and then we're done wait, wait sorry 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 
Jordan Ewert national team, would you replace him with Cody Kessel? I think Jordan. Like Ewert, that, that, I think Jordan Ewert's better than Cody Kessel. He's also younger. Uh, yeah, fair enough. I mean, like Kessel's a guy who kind of gets half time and on Berlin. Ewert's a time guy who's getting full time on Lundberg. I'd yeah, say Ewert, they're they're pretty comp- comparable as well. Ewert's got a better arm. Uh, but my only complaint about fair, Cody fair. Kessel's game is because he's really physical. He's a great athlete. His arm is not very good. Uh, Ewert's no. is. He has a slow Ewert, arm. Yeah. yeah, Ewert's arm is really good, and uh, we, we need that in the gym right now. So I, I would appreciate him getting a little more of a look but i mean ever just today i was watching your uh watching the the pan am semifinal between the american and canadian b teams which was really fun to watch i encourage everyone to go check out that out the classic volleyball source baseline highlight video and i was reminded about how good of a prospect jacob pastor is uh, for, being, for being 20 years old watching watching him carve up angles in that video i'm i'm uh, feeling feeling okay about the future of our outside hitter position Jacob Pester was the guy like coming out of that tournament. Him and Quinn Isaacson were two guys yeah. that I was just like, and Mason Briggs. Those those are the three guys. Those are the guys who are just like those guys could ha- have impact in the, the next level. Obviously, we've already seen with Quinn Isaacson doing it for San Jose this year, immediately having an impact and and helping brand new team uh, go go off to a great start. But Jacob your, your Pester is a guy uh, that I that that you love to watch. But man, that was remember when we did the our best shows of the, the year, actually or our best matches of the year. That actually was one of the best matches I've seen because I saw, saw it really in good. person. I saw it in person. And even though there wasn't that many people at the match, just the emotion between the Canadian and American players was was just so much fun. Um and yeah, it it, it was a banger of a match. And also a little secret for those watching. I actually have another i have the usa angle of it uh as well which i'll also be uploading uh too so if you want to see things from the usa side uh of it you're going to be able to to uh, to watch that too you're a legend you set up two cameras for one match you're you're a monster yeah i mean it's it's just makes you just press play and then you know you're good to go <laughs> i am a little bit upset though because someone was like touching my camera so the framing moves a little bit to the and but yeah still it, it it'll be up uh in the next little bit probably well you're in the right you're in the right place right here if you want to see that video coming up soon uh last piece of news this is one of the most ridiculous headlines i've ever read so this is this is from world of volley this came across a a couple days ago so uh everett how how much have you been watching the korean women's v-league this year you're you're watching every game you're really in it yeah no, exactly zero. They don't deserve my watching after their terrible VNL performance. They absolutely do not. I agree with you. But this is one of the crazier things I've ever seen. I don't know if I've ever seen this in volleyball. I don't know if we'll ever see this again. There is an opposite by the name of Elisabeth Ine Varga. She's Hungarian. She plays in the Korean Women's League. Uh, KGC Ginseng Corporation is her team. Uh, and the Korean League, if you're unfamiliar, which I don't know why you would be familiar both the men's and the women's side, they usually only allow one foreigner, and that one foreigner is expected to score bare minimum 30 points a game, probably more. Like Kyle Russell, American opposite, played there last year. He was getting 60, 70 balls a game. Like they, they, they bring in one like huge high-powered foreigner in every team and just run them into the ground with scoring. But I've never seen anything like this. Hungarian Elisabeth Ine Varga, 56 points. In five sets. But the crazy part is that she went 54 out of 102 attacking and lost. They lost the match in five. She had triple-digit attacking attempts. Triple digits. 
I've That's never insane. seen that. How is it possible? How is it even possible to set a player over a hundred times in a match? And then she, I mean, clearly she played great 54 for one two. I don't know how many errors she made. I just want to know how gassed, how gassed she was by the fifth set. Like what kind like, was she this jumping at girl. all or was she just like hitting standing roll shots? You know, <laughs> Because like it, that's and it's like if someone out there, maybe we have some Korean fans. Uh, probably not with how we've talked about the Korean volleyball. And all, in all fairness, I do love the men's league, the men's league, a lot of fun. Uh, the Korean league just doesn't deserve anyone's respect right now because of what your national team is doing, how they're being gifted anything. But if we do have some Korean fans, uh, set, hook, hook us up with a stat sheet because I would love to see the stat sheet. I'd love to see highlights from that maybe even too. Um, I, I just loved, I'd love to see some clips from that because that is ridiculous. ridiculous. Triple digit attempts is like, like, that's some high school shit right there. That's, you know, it's not even high school. It's that, that's, it's unimaginable to give a player that many attempts. I just looked her up on volleyball as well. She's only at one meter 92. So it's not like she's an overwhelmingly big player. Oh, so she has to jump. She has to jump. She has that's, to jump. That's exactly my point. Like, so she's, she's working hard out there for that six-figure Korean contract. Good for her. A hundred attempts is is just otherworldly. So uh, we had to give that a shout-out. Uh, anything else, Everett, before we wrap up a very long show and send people to a packed, packed week of volleyball starting tomorrow? No. Um, well, first and foremost, if you've made it this far, please give this video a like. Um, I don't have a question for you guys this week. We need to start doing a better job of like having a question you to to answer in in the uh in the uh in the comments afterwards um if you haven't watched one of our shows before welcome if you're running us from the new uh wave of people coming in right now you can join us over on discord that's where all of the magic happens tomorrow's gonna be a big day of volleyball we're both going to be watching and and, inter and interacting on uh, the discord kind of all day so make sure you join us um also once again remember to check out that volleyball.store use the code year one all one word all caps to get the 25 percent off your entire discount uh that is for our anniversary sale and yeah i think that's it rob do you have anything else nope uh enjoy the volleyball this week ladies and gentlemen we'll see you next tuesday right here same time same place thanks for watching we'll see you in the discord peace